How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio with another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, this is our Monday episode for March uh, 26, 2018. Uh, we're switching things up from now on. We're only on Anchor and Apple Music now, or I mean Apple Podcasts. No more on SoundCloud. We switched things over a little bit. You know, we're innovating, we're moving up. So big steps in the right direction. But got to start today's show off with giving a huge shout out to my Florida State Seminoles. I mean, nobody thought we could be there. Nobody thought we could make that run. Huge win against Xavier. I mean, even bigger one against Gonzaga. I mean, it had to stop eventually. We played awful against Michigan, and we were in it till the last shot. So I'm real proud of the proud of the boys and the way they played. That I don't know if y'all saw or not, but that interview with Leonard Hamilton was pretty funny. It had me cracking up. Hamilton released a little apology statement, but I mean, I didn't really think he did anything wrong. I thought it was kind of a dumb question, too. I mean, classic post-game reporter asking dumb questions and catching a coach off guard. I thought it was pretty funny, though, all in all, but... You know, there's some great games this weekend. I mean, I think Loyola Chicago's Cinderella run is going to come to an end when they play Michigan. I just think Michigan's too well coached, like I've been saying with Beeline. I really did think Michigan was going to make a deep run like this. I just couldn't bring myself in my bracket to pick them to beat UNC, but UNC couldn't even beat Texas A&M. Pretty upset about it, but hey, man, Michigan keeps going and going. I think they'll bring Lyle Chicago's run to the end, but I mean, you really can't tell. It's March Madness. Anything can happen, but Kansas versus Duke was by far the best game of the weekend. I mean, Kansas played great. There was multiple times in that game when I thought they were going to lose, and they hit the big shots and did what they had to do to get it done. And I mean, when they had Azambuki in the game, Duke really couldn't stop him or get rebounds. And when he was out of the game, Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley were dominating him, but they were able to keep him in there and get the big W. I mean, I just think Villanova looks unbeatable still. They've beaten everybody by double digits so far. They cover almost every spread. I mean, I just don't see any way Villanova goes down. I think they're the best team, and I think they'll handle Kansas once again. And the last thing I want to say is that March Madness just proves to y'all what I always have said about basketball. Anything can happen in one game of basketball. You know how you always say nine times out of ten they win the game? Well, in March Madness, since it's only a one-game series, that's where that one time out of ten happens. I mean, it's what happened to Virginia. It's what keeps on happening. But I will say this. Loyola Chicago is not your typical typical just Cinderella story. They're a really good team, man. They should have been way better than 11 seed. This is a very well-coached team and just a great team. Moves the ball well. They have a lot of different scores. They have a couple guys you could potentially play at the next level, and it's just really big for them to get the Final Four, and I was really impressed with it. You know there's always that sleeper double-digit seed that gets there, so big shout-out to Loyola Chicago. I mean, hopefully they can beat Michigan. I don't see it happening, but hey, like I said, guys, anything can happen in one game of basketball. It's March Madness, baby. It's going to be wild. I'm really excited for this weekend's games so moving from one type of basketball let's move to another with the NBA and I just got to start with the big storyline for the week and that's Steph Curry going down I mean he's going to miss the whole first round of the playoffs I mean there's a lot of injuries right now for Golden State guys we got Durant out with the ribs Draymond's battling little injuries Clay with the thumb and I really think losing to Curry like this is big I think he's the most important player to their team Curry, nobody shoots the three ball like him ever. He's the best three-point shooter ever. He helps you spread the floor and gives you so much space. Don't get me wrong. I think Durant's the second-best player on this planet, only to LeBron, but I just think Curry's more important to the team's success with the way he helps space the floor. And I really do think without him, it can be tough. I mean, I think the Timberwolves will put a good fight up in the first round or whoever they play in the first round now. I do. I think Golden State will win, lose in the first round. Not a chance, but the other big thing 
that it shows me is Durant's injuries in his ribs. When, when your ribs are hurt, you can't really condition as well. So Durant's going to be a little out of shape and have to play himself in shape, and it could lead to Golden State having to play a lot more games at the beginning of playoffs, which is something that they don't want to do, but it's something that you love to see if you're a team like Houston. If you're a team like Houston, this is big to you because, first off, you're going to have a team who's kind of be out of sync a little bit. They're going to be tired. They're going to have to play more games than you all through the playoffs, and I really think it can help you all a lot. I mean, this is a team that can hit a lot of threes with Houston. They're efficient. They play decent defense. James Harden, Paul, and Capella, we all know what they do when they're on the floor together. We all know what James Harden's been doing this season, how he's probably going to win MVP, and how well him and Chris Paul play together. James Harden's never had a guy who compliments him like Chris Paul, a real number two star on his team, or even a... a uh, combo one star with him. So, I mean, he's really having no one to compliment him. And I just think it's Houston's year. I feel like we're going to look back at the record books, books and we'll see Golden State or LeBron showing off in the finals every single year. And I think this could be the one year that we have the outlier team like the Rockets. I just really feel like it's their year. Nobody's playing as well as them. I mean, they're beating everybody. They beat every team no matter who they have in the lineup that night. They almost always win, and they keep doing it efficiently. So I just feel like it's Houston's year, and I think these injuries help Houston more and more. So you all know how I feel about the Rockets, so we'll see what happens there. So the first game of the MLB season is this upcoming Thursday. So we're going to have a couple storylines for y'all each day of the storylines of the week for MLB. So we're trying to focus more on that sport this week. So my first storyline I want to start with with MLB is will Otani be able to work out? And if y'all don't know who he is, he's the rookie for the Angels who can both pitch and play DH for them. So he's kind of one of the first players. He's a Japanese player. He's the Japanese Babe Ruth, according to them. So... Personally, I think he's going to work out. I think he's young. He hasn't been very good in spring training, but he still made the roster. I think he will be more of a pitcher, but I think his hitting will also come around a little bit as he's in the league more. But I think he's going to be like the Lonzo Ball of the MLB this year. He's the young kid that every all the media get, focuses all their attention to, whatnot. So if I'm Otani here, man, you got just got to ignore the media, bro. And you got to go out there and do your thing. I really think if he can ignore the media and he can go out there and do his thing, that he's going to have a great season and be very successful. The next big storyline is last year we saw the MLB go way over the record for home runs. So will home runs continue to fly out? I personally think they'll keep flying out. I think the MLB did a great job of making baseball more fun to watch when they brought all the home runs back. That was when it was my favorite sport to watch as a kid. So I feel like they're going to keep doing that. I mean, all the ratings were up, so I think they'll do that. And they've also uh, sped up the game a little bit by limiting mound visits by coaches. So I just think the game's going to keep getting more fluid and fluid and more fun to watch. And I think we'll see a lot of home runs fly out again just like last year. And speaking of home runs fly out, my first big prediction you know, I've been telling you guys, the AL's coming down between the Yankees and the Astros, and nobody hits home runs like those two teams. But obviously, it's a long season. I can't predict injuries or slumps and stuff like that. But looking at all the information I have and all everything that's going for both these teams so far, I have to go for it with the Astros. And my reason being is they have better pitching. They still have all their key players. Now, don't get me wrong. The Yankees have great key players, but I think Judge will slump off a little bit more this season. I think he'll hit like 250, 260, but you'll see him hit a lot of home runs. Yeah, he'll strike out a lot, but he'll get walked a lot and hit a lot of home runs with him and Stanton there in the lineup together. I think a guy like uh, the catcher, Gary Sanchez, will have a huge season there sitting between those guys in the order. And same thing with Gregorius. I think they'll have great spots in the order and they'll get a lot of good pitches to hit, but 
I just really think the Astros, I mean, they have a much better rotation than the Yankees do with McCullers, Verlander, Keuchel, uh, Garrett Cole, their big offseason uh, acquisition. So I really do think the Astros have the better team here, and as long as they stay healthy, I just don't think the Yankees will have enough to beat them, but I think it'll be a fun and good playoff series to watch, so I really hope that happens there. So we're still waiting to see where Indomitian Sue goes for the NFL. You know, I think he's the last big free agency piece to fall. I really hope he doesn't go to the Saints because it's a Falcons fan, man. You don't want him out there on the Saints. But I really hope he goes to Tennessee. I've been seeing that rumored a little bit. We obviously saw the Jets pull their offer from him, which I think is a smart move by the Jets. They don't really need him right now. But we're really waiting to see what he ha- where he goes, what he does. He's the last big piece to fall. Uh, I also think that DeMarco Murray, great running back out there on the free agency market. I really think somebody should give him a look. I'm kind of surprised he's still out there. I really want to see where he goes and where he falls. He could help a team a lot who needs another running back. But one storyline I've been seeing a lot from the NFL that I kind of want to look at that really intrigues me is should the Steelers use the 28th overall pick to draft Lamar Jackson? And I say yes. And my reason being is... One, Lamar will get a year to sit, which I think he really needs, and learn an NFL offense, learn the system, learn how to read a defense a little bit better, look and see how his running style can translate, learn more about that. I really think he should work with Michael Vick a little bit and talk with him too because he's really the only running quarterback who's able to stay healthy. But I personally think he'd be a great fit. We've seen how Big Ben's able to run around back there in the pocket and get the ball down the field. I think Lamar should try to implement that in his game and use his legs to keep the play alive rather than use his legs to run the ball, which he's good at sitting in the pocket and keeping the play alive in college. It's just that obviously Louisville's not as talented of a team, so he's got to get out of the pocket and make something happen sometimes. But the other reason being is the Steelers do like running quarterbacks. You'd be surprised. I mean, Cardell Stewart, he was a running back or a running quarterback, and he even played a little receiver for them after a while once they got Big Ben. I mean, they had Dennis Dixon, who was a straight running quarterback at Oregon, and he started some games for them with Big Ben's injuries. And they brought in Michael Vick when uh, Big Ben was had that one season where he's hurt. They signed him as their backup quarterback. So I really do think Lamar Jackson could have a future with the Steelers, and I think it's one of the better landing spots for him. I mean, just imagine Lamar Jackson throwing the ball to Bryant uh Bell, Brown, and Juju. So I think I mean I just think it'd be a great fit for him. I think it'd be a great spot. So Pittsburgh should look to use that pick on him. But that concludes today's show. I'll have some guests for y'all later on in the week. We'll have some other stuff, but go subscribe us on iTunes at Hot Takes with TP3. I just got the logo, so I'm about to put the logo on everything today, but keep looking out, guys. We're gonna keep doing big things all week and I'll be reporting for y'all every single day this week. So enjoy it.